If I had a title for today's podcast, I think it would be how to change. What do we need to change? Not the good stuff, of course, but to change the bad stuff. So let's talk for a minute about behaviors, bad behaviors. Let's call it misbehaving. Doing the things we don't want to do, but we do them anyway. Or let's say being the way you don't want to be, but you are. There's an angle to this that's extremely important because there are folks who are absolutely sure, 100% certain, that if they could just act differently, then they would become different. Act okay, become okay. Whatever their objectionable behavior is, whatever it is they don't like about themselves, about their behavior, or even their demeanor, they believe that it's possible to simply act their way out of it and to become something else or someone else. And I'm telling you that this is one of the most dangerous ways to change your behavior that there is, because if you were successful at it, you could ultimately become worse than you were before. So for one example, and this is going to be of particular interest to people who are in the 12-step fellowships of recovery. If you're not involved with one of those anonymous recovery fellowships, you're still going to find this very interesting because it's something that applies to all of us. That's all those 12 steps do anyway, right? They bring substance abusers back to a spiritual realm place where we all have to return to anyway. So for them, it's about change. It's going from being unrecovered to recovered. So for one example, some of the 12-step people are convinced, totally sure, usually because they read it somewhere, right, in their, in their big book. They're sure that selfishness is the root of all their troubles. And they're right. Somebody told them that, their book did, but they're correct. I'll read it. Selfishness, self-centeredness, exclamation point. That, we think, is the root of our troubles. And by troubles, by the way, they don't just mean drinking trouble. In the context of that passage, they're talking about just a day in the life of anyone who's a slave to self, anyone who still gets angry, who resents, who judges. But it says selfishness and self-centeredness. That, they think, is the root of their troubles. And it is the root of their troubles. It's the root of everyone's troubles. But there's a hitch, a misunderstanding. They also think that this root, this selfishness, is the cause of all their troubles. And that is not correct. And the reason for misunderstanding is just not understanding what root means. Roots are not causes. Selfishness, the root, itself has a cause too. So if you stop there, if you stop at selfishness, you stop short at understanding the full picture of just what's going on with you, why you have troubles at all. If you stop at selfishness, then, well, you might think that all you have to do is force yourself not to be selfish anymore, and then your troubles will go away. That's not true. There's something that goes on before the selfishness. There is a cause to the selfishness, and if you get to that first, then you'll truly have an answer to all of your troubles. You won't be selfish anymore. It'd melt away automatically, no effort. And not realizing this, that's why, that's why we have do-goodism. The churches play off of that. The liberal governments play off of that. Charities, there are good charities. Um, and I guess they all do that to some extent, but people in your life take advantage. They exploit your need to do good in order to feel good. 
But the real problem goes to why do you feel bad in the first place? It isn't because you haven't done enough good. There's another reason. It's the only reason. You have to get to it. The selfishness is a symptom of that, not a cause. And so we need to see beyond the selfishness. What causes that? Roots have their own origin. And, and without that understanding, it could lead you to some rather erroneous ideas on how to have a better life so that you never will. Something goes before the root. Something is at the cause of the root, the cause of the selfishness. And if you treat the selfishness alone by acting unselfish, you think that by doing the opposite, you're unraveling something you aren't. You're just doctoring a symptom while the underlying cause, the resentment, continues. There, I've said it. Cat's out of the bag. <laughs> it's resentment. And you'll never be cured. You'll always just be applying a Band-Aid, covering up your hidden selfishness with pleasure-seeking, approval-seeking, good deeds, whatever it is that you use, because your solution is artificial. You become a suppressed, angry Good Samaritan. A consummate do-gooder, dying on the inside, servile and scraping on the outside. It's not a life. You'll get all the mental disorders and physical maladies that any anger-filled human being gets. All emotionally-induced diseases, because your spirituality is still out of order. You're spiritually diseased. Because secretly, you're playing God. You're sinning. Selfishness does not cause resentfulness. Resentfulness causes selfishness. Don't get it backwards. Out of resentment comes all spiritual disease. It's not out of selfishness. Selfishness is just a symptom of the spiritual malady that originates with the resentment, with playing God. That's the original sin. That's the sin. That's the seed. It spawns all of your troubles. And the selfishness, the root, simply and stubbornly attaches to the mayhem that you bring on yourself. You bring it into your life. And unless you see that order, that chronology, you'll have it wrong. You'll seek wrong solutions to the problems, for which reason you can never get well. You remain resentful. You remain fear-prone. You can never do enough. You never find true peace within yourself. You see people like this. You might be one of them, always working on themselves, always searching for the right religion, the right guru, joining cults, self-help books, shelves of them. Never get anywhere. Always trying to put out a fire. That's anger. Resentful people, even those who do good deeds, never find the happiness that they're trying to deserve because they don't. It keeps them on the prowl. Acting as if one is unselfish does not produce an unselfish person. It produces an actor. It produces someone who's perpetually disposed to anger and to fear and emotions. This idea is just a nasty trick. And it's played on them by a, a judgment-loving ego, an entity that resides inside them and has to believe that it can reverse the ill effects of a life that's been poorly lived just by reversing the behavior. It doesn't work. To change, our nature has to be changed. We cannot will it to change. The change happens to us. It doesn't happen by us making it happen, but it happens spontaneously, and all we have to do is give up anger. So, going back to the Alcoholics Anonymous proposal, you know, you wonder, how does selfishness become the root of all their troubles, of anyone's troubles? Very simple. 
Resentment. That's how. Out of resentment comes every expression of spiritual disease that you can think of in all of its flavors. Jealousy, fear, envy, greed, all of it. Even selfishness, even self-centeredness. What do you think narcissism is? It's just a fancy name for self-centered behavior. And everyone who hates is a narcissist. They can't help it. So what's the solution? And that's what we're going to talk about today. We're going to talk about the solution. First, master resentment. You know, I mentioned 12 steps. Why do you think the 12-step people shoot straight for resentments? It's to solve their problem of anger because getting free of anger is an awakening. That's why. And when we do that, when we get free of anger, the bondage of self is broken. You get well. The selfishness falls away. It's an awakening. There's no acting if. You just become selfless. You can't help it. It just happens. This is such an important subject that I think we should add a video. We should make a video and add that to our video shoot schedule. What do you think, Dan? Okay. I, that's what I would like to do. It's really, really important because a lot of people, I work with a lot of people in 12 steps. Not everyone I work with is in 12 steps, but so many of them are. And this subject comes up not only with them, but in other people. It's all over the place. People think that they can just think and act because they actually think that they can materialize things with their brains. It's, it's, it's insane. Materialize, I don't mean, you know, a pile of cash on a table. But I mean, <laughs> some of them might think they can do that too. But they think that they can change their behavior. You can, they struggle inside of their heads so horribly. And what is the Bible, right? There's a Bible phrase about turning your hair, one hair white to black. I've got the exact. I don't know. I don't have a Bible. In front I have of no me. idea. But you cannot turn... One hair white or black. You just simply see what the next right thing is and you just do it. You just live through it. You, you don't get wrapped up in decision making and choices become clear. They become clear as a bell. You just see what the next right thing to do. You don't struggle. You let intuition be your guide, not the brain. And anything more than intuition comes from a dark place. We're not our thoughts. So it's basically, that's all, always my message, even to you guys, right? My family as I raise them. Uh, is to take it easy. So, are we going to do a video? Can we do a video on this? Sure. Okay, good. Did you have any other thoughts that you wanted to add to this? Don't try and do good if you're still resentful. Yeah. Well, you can't do good if you're still resentful. There's no such thing as doing good if you're resentful because people who are full of hate can only do hate. There's nothing you can do that's right. There's nothing you can do that's correct. Even if it comes out correct, it's only by chance. It's only by fate. Right. So even then, then your life becomes just a 50-50 coin toss. You know what I mean? So if you're angry, like, for, I mean, I know, I know in, in our relationship going back and forth for years, um, there are times when you became emotional, especially when you, when you were younger, right? You became emotional and you tried to do something and it didn't work out didn't work out right. It should have. You did the right thing, but it didn't work out right because you you just did not do it. You won't you won't say the right thing at the right time to the right person. Yeah. And you think that you're actually writing a script that's going to have a wonderful outcome. It should, but it doesn't. Right. So 
I mean, doing good is actually ambitious, I guess. Yeah. Right. <laughs> yeah, of course it is. And you're not supposed to be ambitious. <laughs> no, you're not supposed to be ambitious. You're not supposed to be ambitious. So. So, yeah, because if you're ambitious about doing good, well, that's why, I th you know, I, I call them do-gooders. Yeah. Know? You know, goody two-shoes types. But no, there's there's truth to that. You're You're being ambitious if you're trying to do good because it's almost like you're trying to score some sort of like good points. Right. <laughs> you know what I mean? I know, but who, okay, so who's... Who are the good points for? For you. Right. They're for you. Re right. Religious people. So it's ambition. Religious people, it is ambition. Yeah. And religious people think it's it's for God. You know. Right. There's the the scorecard to get into heaven, of course, right? But this reminded me of you, you see sports stars you see athletes oh no they, i know what you're gonna say they, uh, they score a touchdown or yeah. something and they thank god yeah and they say oh i do this for jesus i do this for god it's like and, what you think god cares that you that you got a home run in a baseball game and jesus came down and gave them those points yes but 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 okay so who helped the other team satan yes the other <laughs> team must be satan's team god must frown upon them right god turns his back upon the other team apparently God punished Kansas City. Right. And God rewarded Tom Brady. Yes. Who, by the way, was drunk. Did you see him drunk? Yes, I saw him staggering. Yeah. Somebody was <laughs> was escorting him around. I don't know. I didn't think that he drank. I guess he does. But I mean, he's... Is he in his 40s? He's 43. 43. Yeah. Yeah, but he's on a football team. Yeah, but he has so. this very... Uh, he has this lifestyle that, you know, everyone's talking about. You know, his diet and his exercise. He also does transcendental meditation. By oh, the way. does he? I think so. No. Well, I know his wife does. Wow. Yeah, I don't know if he does. I don't know, which is not a good thing. No, it's not. <laughs> no, that's not going to work out well in the end. But but in the meantime, he's healthy. And he, yeah, he, oh yeah, Tom Brady. Tom Brady is all about becoming like a super, he's a superhuman. And he spends a lot of time honing his superhumanity. Okay. Which is not a good thing either. Yeah. But you can't judge people by, and we tend to do that all the time. We judge people by how good they look, how much money they have, what their successes are. My mother did that one, pulled that on me one time when I was younger. Yeah. There was, um, there was this guy who was making a lot of money and doing very well in a, in a business that I was in at the time and it wasn't going as well as I liked as I wanted and I was thinking of pulling the plug on it and my competition she knew my I don't want to go into the details of the business but my local competition was doing very well and he had been doing it for an RV years and she said well I see him all the time at you know church at mass he goes to mass every Sunday and that's why that's why he's working out in this business and, oh. and you can't compete with him. <laughs> so God is rewarding him. He's rewarding him. Yeah. His name was Billy. Billy Curran. That was his name. Okay. So I was being punished for not going to church on Sunday. And Billy was being rewarded for going to church on Sunday. Yes. Now, I told her, of course, how ridiculous that was, but she didn't like that. But that's, that's very, that's classically... Catholic, kind of. Yeah. But not only Catholic, a, a lot of Christians feel that way too. Doing something ambitiously, but for, but claiming it's for God, but it's really for you. As you said, it's for, it's for yourself. Right. Right. 
We like Tom Brady, by the way. Yeah, I like Tom Brady. He's good. Yeah, I think he's a, I think he's a good example for a lot of people. Yeah. Do they have a good choice in presidents? I guess so. <laughs> Until he's forced to denounce. Oh, you think he's going to do that? I think I think it's possible. They try and force people into it. Right. They say you can't work anymore. You can't play anymore. You you can't do your thing until you atone. Well, what thing is he going to do? He plays football. Well, he plays football, but he's not going to be. You know, the thought is like this was his last hurrah, right? This was his maybe big, his big feather in his cap kind of a thing, because it's because of his age, right? Yeah, but. What'll happen is what I here's what I see happening to people. I see people they can't they don't want to lose all of their like you know conservatives even they don't want to lose their conservative contacts. They don't want to lose you know the respect of their peers. So what they do is they backpedal and they come back and they say, "Look, I still think this and I still think that. However, I don't condone what the president said. Yeah, on January sixth. Yeah, yeah, you know, and I do do not support that, and I think he was wrong in saying that, and then, and some of them are even going as far as this, so therefore he should be impeached. Well, <laughs> they they don't they don't realize that they're showing weakness by giving in a little bit. They of course, absolutely, they are, and they are weak. Yeah, they are weak. They're weak, and a lot of these people, even the even the, a lot of the conservative uh, talk show pundits and all, they're they're all backpedaling. In, in order to keep their jobs and stuff. I thought uh, Bill Belichick's statement was pretty lame. I don't uh, think I read it. He, he, it. he turned down the uh, Medal of Freedom. Oh, yeah, right. And he made a statement that he would turn it down. He doesn't feel it's appropriate. Instead, he's quite happy focusing on uh, repairing the uh, the racial inequities and, um, and systemic racism within the country and amongst the team. Mm-hmm. Like what? 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 That? That's re- that sounds you're like just, it was- you're just making your players happy by saying that. I that's, know that's not something a real person says. No, not it's just it's crazy. No. Okay, unless you have something else, let's nope. wrap. Then let's wrap it up. That's it for today's podcast. Join us next time. Thank you for listening, and join us again. Bye. Bye.